so things haven't turned out as you hoped. Life took a turn. A bump. A darkened sky. And at times it may have seemed there was no hope. But here's the good news. Our God is the God of fresh starts. Our God is the God of new beginnings. Our God brings new mercies, new compassions, not just once a year, not just when things are bad, but every single morning. This season has been tough. And for many of us, things will never be the same. But we are here, breathing, maybe smiling, or crying, or shouting, or laughing. But we are here, feeling, maybe fighting, or cheering, or seeking, or grieving, but we are here living and we are not alone our God is here our God is with us and our God is the God of new creations Aren't you glad to have a God who makes all things new? Man, what a joy it is to serve a risen Savior, and we gather every Sunday to celebrate that risen Savior together. As the family of God, we want to be together and pour into one another to encourage one another, but also to dig into the Word of God, to see what the Holy Spirit will reveal to us and uh, motivate us and move us to be more like Him each and every day. We're so glad that you're here today to celebrate that risen Savior, and uh, if you're a guest with us, we're especially glad you're here. Our hope is if you're looking for a church home, man, today you could say you've found it. We'd love for you to be a part of our church family right here at Cross Point. All of us know that we're broken people and that we absolutely need a Savior. We need hope in this world, and uh, Jesus Christ is that hope. And so we ask you to join us in telling that story of hope each and every day of your life. Uh, We're glad that you're here today. We're going to be in uh, 2 Corinthians 10 in a little bit. I hope you've got your Bibles. You'll turn with me there. We'll be there in just a few minutes. Uh, We're going to also be in Romans chapter 7 and 8. Now, you're going to want to open to these passages if you've got your Bible because you're going to want to circle some things, put an asterisk there, highlight some things, just draw attention to because God is going to speak to us today through His Word as He does every time but some things that are going to help move us toward flipping the script. We've been talking about the lies that the enemy tells us, that the, the, the enemy reveals to us, and we sometimes acknowledge or believe those lies, and it leads to some skewed life process, some skewed 
thought process in our own life. Now, there are moments, too, in your own life where, uh, if you're honest, uh, you would say, eh, I've told a white lie every now and then. I would be one of those folks. Anybody with me? Have you ever told a little white lie? Oh, I'm the only one. Really? Uh, sure. <laughs> now you're all lying. Yeah. So we'll just offer the invitation now. Everybody come forward. No, there are moments, though, that you do, you kind of hedge your bets, don't you? You kind of, kind of surround yourself and make sure that uh, you're not going to say anything that would maybe break a relationship or hurt somebody's feelings. Maybe you're talking to, to your spouse, or, or maybe they ask you a question, and may, maybe it's your mom or your dad, or maybe someone older that you respect in life, grandparents, uh, folks in the church family, and they ask you those questions that kind of make you tell that little white lie, right? Like when they say, do you think this dress makes me look fat? And you better have something ready for that one, right? Because uh, if there's some truth in that, you might not want to tell the whole truth. Or, or do you really like my haircut? Well, it's your social life. You know, whatever you might want to pull out there, you, you've got to think about what type of white lies that we tell. But we're not talking about those today. What we want to do is use the Word of God to uncover the real lies that Satan tells us that makes us really live differently than God's called us to live. We want to be, be open and revealed by the Holy Spirit what we should be living out in our own lives. It is so important that we uncover the lies that Satan tells us, that the enemy tells us, because we buy into that just one too many times, if you ask me. We're reminded in John 10.10 10, when Jesus said, look, the enemy has come, and he's come to steal, kill, and destroy. He wants to break our relationship with our Creator he wants to make us feel terrible about ourselves, But Jesus reminds us, he says, I've come to give you life and give it to the full. I want you to have everything that was meant to be in your life. I want you to follow Jesus Christ. I want to give you the type of life that God intended for you to have. And what we know from John eight forty four is that Satan, the enemy, he is the father of all lies. That he pours into us things that are just not true. And so this series has really been about flipping the script. How can we take that script that the enemy gives us and say, no, I don't think that is truth. I want to lean into the truth that is Jesus Christ. I want to lean into the truth that God has given me. And I want to be everything that God's called me to be in life. So today we're going to look at strongholds in our life. Pieces of our life may be that we've reserved, things that Satan says, nope, this is who you are, this is what it's going to be, things will really never change, this is who you, who you are, so just leave it right where it is. Because those lies that are strongholds are really the lies that we, we lean into and that we end up living by, that are just absolutely untrue. It's not the truth that God speaks to us. What, what is a stronghold anyway? We see this as far back as we can dig in archaeology and look at Bible stories. You may remember the, the walls of Jericho falling down as, as the Israelites entered the promised land. As they began to take the land that God had told them was going to be theirs, the first city they came in touch with was Jericho, and it had a stronghold. It was a walled city. And generally, that's what it looks like. Thick walls, really high, heavy doors on the gates. No one is getting in here. This place is not going to move, but you know the story. They marched around that for a week, and the last day they marched around it seven times, and the walls of Jericho fell down. That stronghold 
was breached because it was the power of God that breached it. Or you take a look in First and Second Chronicles, and when the Assyrians came down to take care of Israel because they weren't paying tribute to them, we find that the city of Lachish, which was a walled, fortified city, a stronghold, it fell to the Assyrians. But when he got to Jerusalem, the king of Assyria could not take Jerusalem because it was indeed a fortified stronghold. The best detailed description of building one of those strongholds is in Nehemiah. When Nehemiah brings people back from Babylonian captivity, and they begin to rebuild the walls of Jerusalem, and every family had their part of the wall that they built, and they built it up to once again be the city that God had intended it to be. But many of us in our own lives, we have strongholds within our heart of hearts, places that that the enemy is kind of pent up, that he's in there and he's, he's telling us that things are not going to be different. Things are not going to really change. And so this is my stronghold. This is where I am going to, to camp out. And he's told us some lies that we have bought into. And he's built a stronghold in certain parts of our life, some areas that we tend at times to protect. And it may have been there so long that we have forgotten that's exactly what it is. The letter to the Corinthian church, 2 Corinthians, is really a very personal letter for Paul. He reveals a lot about himself in the letter, but in it he wants to talk to those Christians in that day and that time who are not so different from us. They're, they're a spectrum of folks who come together as the family of God. There are some who are the Judaizers who still believe that you've got to become a Jew first and then a Christian. You've got to hold to the old law. And there's folks on the other end of the spectrum who believe in grace run rampant. In other words, we're not holding anybody to anything. And Paul calls their attention to the strongholds that they have in their own life. We're not so different from that church 2,000 years ago. Some of us may think at times, look, we talk about marriage again. We've talked about parenting again. We've talked about grace again. And sometimes that's our stronghold, that we, we don't see the need of other people around us. I mean, I've heard that story before. Can't we move on to something else? Or maybe there's a stronghold in your life that you're, that you're just absolutely stationary on. Because you've never had to deal with something in your life that maybe somebody else is dealing with. Maybe substance abuse has not been something that's been in your home that you've personally had to deal with. And you're kind of thinking, dude, just pull your bootstraps up. Let's go. Move forward. Be the person God's called you to be. And it's not always that easy. Maybe you don't even know anyone that is same-sex attracted. And you're, you're confused and you don't know about that. Why do we need to even talk about that? And so maybe your stronghold is being not very empathetic, not very compassionate toward folks who are struggling in life. In that Corinthian church, we're reminded, Paul, as he writes to them, he says, look, if you're going to follow Christ, if you're going to be everything that God called you to be, understand that following Christ leads to the cross. There's going to be some suffering along the way because the enemy is not going to be happy about letting territory go. He's not going to be happy about you tearing down the strongholds that he's got in your life. And he's going to do everything within his power to feed you some lie that would make you do something different other than follow God. Following Jesus. That's going to take the Holy Spirit in our life. 
that's going to take some understanding of who we really are. And so today is a, is a lesson really about us really being introspective to doing some self-awareness to say, listen, I'm going to unbiasedly look at who I am and I want God to reveal to me where the strongholds are in my life. And maybe you're sitting there thinking, well, I don't compare to this person or that person. But understand that in each one of our lives, there is some form of a stronghold. But it can be broken down. We can be set free by the truth that is God. Jesus Christ is that truth in our life. And it is he that will set us free from the strongholds the enemy has on us. And the lie I want to take a look at today that he feeds you and I is that you will never change. No, no. That part of your heart is mine, he says. Understand, you've been dealing with this forever. You're never going to change. Nothing's ever going to be any different. It's going to be always my area. I own part of you. This thing is always going to be a temptation for you. You're always going to be that dysfunctional. You're never going to get along with folks around you. This is who you are. You've tried to change, and it's just not going to happen. Change isn't possible. And for some of us, we've listened to that lie, and we've allowed the enemy to build a stronghold within our lives, and we just succumb to the idea that we can never change. Today, I want us to really reflect on who we are. This may be something you don't want to talk about with your spouse or your best friend. Maybe it is. But ultimately, I want you this morning to do some serious self-reflection to say, where are the strongholds in my life? What are the hang-ups I have when it comes to living my life out as a Christian? And being honest is going to be painful. It is for me and it is for you. Because for you, it may be a habit that you're dealing with. It may be a temptation that seems to be recurring all the time. Maybe for you, it's a relationship. And you know that every time you and this person come together, it always ends in some physical interaction and you feel guilty afterwards. Or maybe you have a relationship that every time you're together with this person or group of people, there's always substance around. And so the pain may be severing a relationship in order to be the person God's called you to be. There's going to be pain in being honest. I will tell you this, if you are sitting there this morning and you're having trouble identifying what that might be in your life, just ask the person you came with. I'm sure they'll be able to let you know. There may be some things going on in your life again that you've struggled with since you were a child. And so it's just become commonplace for you. You've, you've really lost sight of it. It's not something that makes you feel guilty anymore. You're not even thinking along that line. You've just, it's been in your life for so long. But understand the truth in the moment is Satan has a stronghold on some of us. But that's not where he's willing to stop. The truth is Satan has a stronghold, but he wants to take more territory in your life. That's his goal. His goal is to sever the relationship that we have with Jesus Christ and for us to just kind of sit down within ourselves and say, you know what, I'm never going to change. 
But for those of us that follow Jesus Christ, it's like a civil war within us, right? We we know what we're supposed to do. We know how God's called us to live. We want to imitate Jesus Christ. And so we have that understanding and that heart even at times in these moments of our life. But then there are other moments when we are falling down. And we see the dichotomy in our life and how we can live this thing out. And we get tired. Even Paul, who... For many of us, we might believe he's probably one of the greatest Christians ever. We read his writing. We know how he created and helped create that first church. Missionary journeys. I look at Paul and I think, man, if I, if I could be like Paul, maybe I would have arrived. That guy's got it going on. But even Paul reminds us that he is just like us. He's no different. And as he writes the church in Rome, he says in Romans chapter 7, beginning in verse 15, Paul says, I don't really understand myself, for I want to do what is right, but I don't do it. Instead, I do what I hate. But if I know that what I am doing is wrong, this shows that I agree that the law is good. So I'm not the one doing wrong. It is the sin living in me that does it. And I know that nothing good lives in me. That is, in my sinful nature, I want to do what is right, but I can't. I want to do what is good, but I don't. I don't want to do what is wrong, but I do it anyway. Paul reminds us, this is a struggle. It's a process. Even the best of us have strongholds that we have to deal with. Paul said, I understand the frustration. I know the understanding of the civil war within ourselves. And every single person here has something that they struggle with, something that is a temptation, something that is a stronghold in your life. Back when I was uh, in Desert Storm, I remember... Uh, being a very young airman in the Air Force, and uh, I was, uh, this was before I met Robin, I was still young, I'd walked away from the church, and I decided to do my own thing, and I remember that uh, me and a friend were making fun of a new guy that had come into the unit. He was young, and just kind of, we thought, geeky, and and didn't really know what was going on, and so we laughed at him a lot. Matter of fact, we gave him a, a name, which I won't repeat. We had an acronym for that name. And I remember my sergeant, Sergeant Schapter, Pete was a Christian, but he didn't thump you on the head about being a Christian. He just lived it out. He was just that kind of guy. He was a good guy. And I remember one day he saw my friend and I laughing, and he came over and he said, hey, what's so funny, guys? And we said, we were talking to him about the new guy and the name that we had given him, and we told him what the acronym was, and we were laughing more. And then my sergeant said, well, what does that stand for? And we told him, and his demeanor immediately changed. It was one of those moments when I was convicted because I knew better. And and he walked away from us, and I began to realize this is one of the strongholds I have in my life, is to tear other people down so that I can feel better about myself. Each and every one of us have something we struggle with. And we need to become keenly aware through the power of the Holy Spirit that we need to be different. We need to be what Jesus has called us to be. But fighting the enemy isn't going to be easy because we've got to plug into some supernatural power. See, Paul tells us about that in 2 Corinthians chapter 10 when he writes the church there. He's reminding them there are some strongholds in your life that you need to take care of, but understand you can only take care of them by plugging into the power of the Holy Spirit. And so Paul says... 
in chapter 10, verse 3, beginning, he says, We are human, but we don't wage war as humans do. We use God's mighty weapons, not worldly weapons, to knock down the strongholds of human reasoning and to destroy false arguments. No, we destroy every proud obstacle that keeps people from knowing God. Now, church, if you've got your Bible open, you need, to, you need to underline that. You need to asterisk it. You need to draw a circle around it. You understand what Paul is saying here? He says, we destroy every proud obstacle that keeps people from knowing God. We want people to know God. We don't want our stronghold to get in the way of people understanding and knowing who the hope of the world is, and that is Jesus Christ. He goes on to say, we capture their rebellious thoughts and teach them to obey Christ. Paul is trying to get a point across here. We all have strongholds, but sometimes those things get in the way of other people knowing who Jesus Christ is. We want to capture that. We want to move through that. We want to demolish those strongholds. And Paul says sometimes those strongholds are just the knowledge and the way of thinking that we have in life that sets us up against other people and keeps them from knowing the truth that is God. We conquer with divine weapons. How do we do that? Paul says that we take every thought captive and make it obedient to Jesus Christ. Now that's a challenge, church, isn't it? Taking every thought captive, have you ever thought about that? That is incredible. That's something you and I can do. We've got to plug into the power of the Holy Spirit to be able to do that, to take every thought captive. Church, I want to take just a minute and do a personal note here. Everybody in this congregation is a human being. I don't care if you're a shepherd, if you're an elder, if you're on staff, if you're a ministry leader, whatever. No one is perfect in this congregation. I'm going to let you down. There are going to be some shepherds that let you down. The people sitting right beside you are going to let you down. Because we're all human beings, but there is an interesting human element within the church. And that's if somebody hurts us, and we're going to hurt them bigger and better. We're going to come back by being demeaning, making them pay, making some demands on them. And let me tell you something, that is incredibly prideful and self-righteous. We need to tear down that stronghold within our church, within our churches. We need to lift other people up because understand that freedom doesn't come from the United States Constitution. Freedom doesn't come by demeaning other people. It doesn't come by making demands of other people. Freedom comes from Christ himself. And when we make a decision to be a part of who Jesus Christ is, then we give up the worldly way of doing things and embrace what God's called us to do. Paul says, when you take every thought captive, when you take every thought captive, when you take every thought captive, when you take the light of Jesus Christ and you shine it on that stronghold, the walls will fall. Paul says, plug into the power of the Holy Spirit, because that's the way that we are going to overcome. Last week I mentioned how I think it's kind of funny how sometimes science proves the Bible, but they think they're coming up with something new. That's the funny part. They do all this experiment, they do all this money spending, and then they come up with something that sounds quite biblical. There's this thing in 
psychology called the law of cognition. It's been the prominent thought process uh, for 40-something years. And here's, here's what it says. Thinking, the way you think, rather, determines your behavior, governs your emotions, and shapes your attitudes. Really, that sounds pretty biblical, doesn't it? I mean, look what the writer in Proverbs chapter 4, and verse 23 says. Guard your heart above all else, for it determines the course of your life. Out of the heart, the mouth speaks. You see, we've got to make a decision that we're going to capture every thought, every action for the cause of Christ. And the script that we're getting from the enemy does not do that. It says, you'll never change. You'll never be anything different. You belong to me. And the challenge today is to say, give the script back to let Satan know who's really in charge. In psychology, there's also the law of exposure. Basically, it says the mind absorbs and then reflects whatever it is exposed to. Listen to what Paul says in Romans chapter 8, verse 5, beginning. Paul says, those who are dominated by the sinful nature think about sinful things. But those who are controlled by the Holy Spirit think about things that please the Spirit. So letting your sinful nature control your mind leads to death. But letting the Spirit control your mind leads to life and peace. Sounds a lot like all that research they did. You see, God has the best plan for us, and what we've got to make a decision is that we are not going to take the script from the enemy anymore, but we're going to take the script of God who wants the very best for you in life. Romans 12 is one of my favorite chapters in the New Testament. But Paul says in verse 2, this text, don't copy the behavior and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Paul says, don't conform, don't do things like the world does, but let God transform you. Let him make you different. The word transform there is metamorpho, and it literally means to change. It's where we get the word metamorphosis in our English language. It's transliterated. We may think about the butterfly, for instance. It goes from being a caterpillar into the chrysalis and then a beautiful butterfly. And God says, that's how your life is moving toward Christ. You become this beautiful thing created in my image. But if you're like me, you can get frustrated. Because although I know what to do, (laughs) there's a civil war going on. And there are some days that I don't make a good choice. And I end up making a poor decision. And I get frustrated, like Paul was frustrated. And so two things I want to give you before we close our time out together. One is this. I want you to think process, not perfection. Process, not perfection. See, you and I are in process with what God is doing in our lives. And I can get hung up on what I did last week or even last night and compare it to where I am today and think, man, I'm not making any progress. But when I make a decision to look at the Tim that exists today and look at him a year ago or five years ago or 25 years ago, a big smile comes on my face because I'm not that guy. I'm not where I need to be, but I'm not that guy. 
I'm in process. And in verse 2, that word transform is ongoing in the Greek. In other words, the way it is written in the Greek means it is an ongoing process. It's not something that happens overnight. There may be some things that you can kick the habit of overnight. I tried to do that drinking uh, pop or, or Coke back in 2008. Just made the decision. Now, there are times when you'll find me drinking one because that's the only thing available and I'm really thirsty. But for the most part, stop, stop drinking pop. There are moments you can do things overnight. But for the most part, all of us are in transition. We're all in process. Even Paul mentioned that in his own life, Philippians chapter 3. He talked about what he had already attained, yet leaning forward into who he's going to become. And we're reminded of that too. It's called justification. When you and I made a decision to make Jesus Christ Lord of our life, when we said, Jesus, you are Lord, I believe what the Bible says about you, baptized into his name, rise up out of that water, a brand new creation, then I began that lifelong process of following him. Now, have I attained what I needed to be? No, it's still process, it's still in transition. But because I've made Jesus Christ Lord of my life to God, I look perfected. Why? Because he looks at me through his son, Jesus Christ, who is perfect. You and I are in process. But also remember, think God's power, not your power. Because God's power is everything. Transform in that verse 2 of chapter 12 of Romans is in the passive form in the Greek, meaning you don't do it yourself, that it's done to you. Being transformed is something that God is doing to us. It's nothing that I'm doing myself. And there is so much power when we fill our minds with the things that God wants for us in life. I mean, in your own life, when you're struggling and you make a decision to do something else, you get sidetracked and maybe you you don't read the Bible on any given time period of the day or you don't have a prayer time set aside or you don't join that ministry. When you get busy and those things don't happen in your life, who do you think gave you that script to get busy? Wasn't God. It's the enemy because he doesn't want you connecting to the things that are going to make you powerful. He doesn't want you connecting to the supernatural Jesus Christ, Holy Spirit, the power of God in our life. We talk about connect groups here all the time and how we are calling all people to be in a connect group because that's the moment when we deeply get into the word of God, when we deeply pray for one another in prayer, when we build relationship together. So we can journey and encourage one another along the way. But some of us say, we're too busy. We can't get in a connect. Who is giving you that script? It's the enemy of God. It's not God. He's telling you he doesn't want you to connect, to be everything that God's called you to be. Paul says in Ephesians chapter 1, verses 19 and 20, powerful set of scriptures. Paul says, I also pray that you will understand the incredible greatness of God's power for us who believe him. This is the same mighty power that raised Christ from the dead and seated him in the place of honor at God's right hand in the heavenly realms. Do you hear that church? 
we can be plugged into the same power that raised Christ from the dead. And in our own lives, we will find ways to tear down those strongholds that Satan has in our life. Amen? It is the power of Christ within us, His Holy Spirit, that guides and directs us and moves us to overcome the things, the scripts that Satan is trying to give us. And he says, oh, you'll never change. You belong to me. You and I know better. We've got Jesus Christ on our side, and there's nobody bigger in the world. There's nobody bigger in this universe. God is everything. God's power exists in His grace and His mercy. He is all-powerful. He is gracious. He is all-merciful. He is forgiving. He is waiting for you and for me with open arms. What does Jesus say in Luke chapter 4? Jesus says, I have come to set captives free. And you and I have been captive long enough. It's time for us to start tearing down some strongholds that the enemy has in our life. It's time for us to be real to ourselves and say, what is it that's holding me back from doing everything that God's called me to do? What is it in my life that stands as a barrier between me and those who don't know who Jesus Christ is? I need to get rid of that. I need through the power of the Holy Spirit to say, God, make me the person that you've called me to be. I need to give up my own pridefulness, my own selfishness. I need to lean into who I am called to be for my purpose. I will no longer be a captive because Jesus Christ is my Lord and Savior. This morning, you and I have been asked to to think about the strongholds in our life. Don't listen to what the enemy says to you anymore. You'll never change. You've been working on this for decades. It's time that you turn to him and say, I'm a child of God. And your stronghold will have no power over me anymore. The walls are coming down. You and I are called to be something very special. Because God calls us his children. We are princes and princesses in the kingdom of God. Jesus Christ is our brother. There is no power in the world that could overcome what Jesus has done for me and you. He's called us to that type of living. He's called us to that realization of his Holy Spirit within us is that supernatural power that can overcome everything that Satan is telling you that you are and for you to actually hear God saying, you're my son and you're my daughter and nothing, nothing will ever change that. I'm gonna ask Brad and the praise team to come back to the stage at this time. Our shepherds and their wives will be against this wall and my guess is in a room this size, we've got folks who are dealing with some strongholds in your life. Maybe you've got some habits you've been trying to kick. Maybe you've got some things going on that you just can't surmount seemingly. Maybe there's something happening in your life that you desperately want to overcome and you're not sure how. I want to encourage you, maybe where you stand to make some reconciliation with God, that you're going to be the person God's called you to be. Maybe you want to go find one of our shepherds and let them pray for you, with you, over you that the Holy Spirit would come into your life and show you direction, show you how to overcome that stronghold that's, that's haunting you, that one thing that stands between you and sharing the story of hope to those around you. That's my hope for each and every one of us, that we will not listen to the enemy anymore, that you know that you are more than he says. You are a child of God. Let's stand together.